0: Here at Docs at Bloom, we're excited about making disciples who impact the city and nations. We hope you enjoy today's message. Well, hello, and uh, today we are in week three of our series called Habits. I want to just make the invitation to you, if you experience that God has been triggering something in your heart, He's been doing something in your heart in this series... Um, and stirring certain things in your heart and you want to dive into this topic even deeper and get more resources on this topic, you're welcome to contact us at the church and we'd love to send more resources your way. Uh, This series is actually something that we borrowed from Life Church, and there's a whole bunch of other resources that we'd love to share with you if you want to dive deeper into this topic of habits uh, for this year. Now, I want to start off by asking this question, or maybe a question that I think you might be asking, is uh, why are we doing a sermon series on habits in church? I mean, uh, the topic of habits, it sounds like it fits with the psychologist or the life coaches. But, you know, your pastor is not supposed to be preaching on habits, right? We should be preaching on the gospel and something from the Bible. And you might be wondering whether we are on a new train this year, uh, the train of, you know, just become the best you that you can be. Um, But I want to assure you that this is actually very biblical, what we're speaking about. And so the reason why we in church are speaking about habits is because of this one reason. Is because God is concerned about who you are becoming. One of God's greatest concerns is who you are busy becoming. Now, just follow me for a moment. Uh, James Clear, who is an expert on habits, um, he says the following. What you repeatedly do ultimately forms the person you are. Your life today is essentially the sum of your habits. We become what we repeatedly do. And so James Clear is basically saying is that you are becoming what you are repeatedly doing. The things that you consistently do today will lead to the person that you will become 10 years from now. Because that is God's concern, it is important that we look and take stock of the things that we are repeatedly doing or that what what we are repeatedly not doing. So let me ask you this question. If you, just imagine for a moment, yourself... 10 years from now. What does that picture look like? What is the person that you want to be 10 years from now? What is the kind of husband that you want to be 10 years from now? Or the, the kind of wife or the, the kind of dad or mom that you want to be 10 years from now? Or how does it look like for you in terms of your, your spiritual walk with God? You know, is, is, do you have a desire to become the spiritual giant 10 years from now? Or Maybe at your place of work. Uh, maybe 10 years from now, you want to be known as someone that's really good at what they do. They're doing things in a, in a way of excellence. Now, considering that picture and then looking at your current habits, the things that you are consistently, uh, consistently doing and not doing, is that busy taking you to becoming that person? Is it leading you closer to becoming that person? If you just look at your current habits, forget about your intentions or your goals, just your current reality. Which direction are you taking or leading your own life at this moment? Now, in week one, we spoke about the who before the do. And uh, Lorraine preached on this topic that it's so important that identity always precedes activity. You always need to make up who you want to become before you decide what you want to do. And it's so important for us as Christians to understand that we work from a place of acceptance. Because we have been accepted by the Father as a child, because there is acceptance over our lives, we get to live a life where we align this life to this identity that we have in Christ. It's the who before the do. Otherwise, you will... Get, fall into the trap of trying to prove yourself, doing certain things to try and prove your identity. But as Christians, we work from a place of understanding our identity and then aligning our lives, aligning our habits, taking not only every thought captive, but also taking every action, every habit in our lives captive to align it to the identity that we have in Christ. Now, Week two, uh, Brent spoke to us about starting new habits. And this was really practical, and you should go watch that if you haven't watched it yet. And uh, we suggested that, you know, just choose one habit. Don't try and start with seven habits. Just choose one habit and start somewhere. Now, this week, we want to speak about stopping. So, last week, we basically asked the question... What are the things you need to start doing in your life? What are the actions you need to put in place? Habits you need to put in place in order to become the person that you know God has called you to become? This week, we want to switch the question around and ask, what are the things you need to stop doing? What are the habits you need to break in your life in order to become the person that God has called you to become? So what is a bad habit? What is a bad habit? So a habit is something we do consistently and a bad habit is essentially something that either destroys you or distracts you. It's something that either destroys you or distracts you. It's a, some, a bad habit is, is not necessarily something that destroys you right away, but usually the way it works is if you continue with a bad habit for a long period of time, then it will end up in ruin. It's something that's going to hurt you along of uh, down the line have you ever let me just quickly ask you this question have you ever thought about how a a person that has really ruined their lives because of an uh, addiction how they got to that place you know no one wakes up in the morning and says to themselves you know I think I want to ruin my life today I think today I'm going to start working on a gambling addiction you know, no, no one wakes up in the morning and looks at their wife and thinks think to themselves, well, we've got this an, a, amazing marriage. I want to see if I can mess it up in a short amount of time. I'm going to go and cheat on my wife. And no one looks to their children and think, well, I really love my kids. This is, uh, things are just going actually too well. Let me go and mess all of this up with a substance you know, uh, addiction. This happens almost always accidentally. It's usually a series of bad decisions over a long period of time that gets you to a place of ruining the good things that God has for you in this life. There's a beautiful scripture in uh, Song of Songs, chapter 2, verse 15. And it's this passage, uh, it's a very romantic book, Song of uh, of Songs. And it's this passage between these two lovers, a man and a woman. And uh, they're just thinking about this amazing thing they have going, right? This beautiful thing that God has blessed them with, this beautiful romance. And then the one says to the other, catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyard our vineyards that are in bloom. It says, catch for us the little foxes that ruin our vineyard. It's this idea of that there are sometimes these things that if you don't sort them out soon, they will ruin you down the line. If you play it forward, they will ruin you down the line. The other day, I spoke to a, a, a man and uh, he is recently retired. Him and his wife, uh, we know this older couple, they recently retired maybe two years ago or so. And uh, we were playing golf together and he actually told me that he recently uh, stop, uh, stopped consuming alcohol completely. Him and his wife they stopped consuming alcohol completely. And immediately I wanted to know why. Because, uh, you know, is there something I'm doing wrong? Like, what well, is is it the scripture that maybe convinced them or were they like addicted to, to alcohol? What's the story? And he said, no, no, it's not, a, it's not a Christian conviction. The way that they were consuming alcohol wasn't in an unchristian way uh, at all. And also they were not addicted. It wasn't like they needed to go to rehab or anything like that. But he told me just because of this new rhythm, uh, maybe it was because of the retirement, they've got, they, they, they need to come into a new rhythm. He tells me the story where uh, in the afternoons, they, they, they got into this, this rhythm of uh, pouring themselves a drink in the afternoon. And this became a daily rhythm, which means it became a habit, which seemed innocent at first. But what they did is they played it forward in their minds and they realized that habits... If you uh, bad habits, if you leave them and do them for a long period of time, they can turn into addictions that can ruin the good things that God has given you. And so they decided to quit. So what they did is they decided to catch the little foxes before they ruin the vineyard. You see, many people, they only react once the red lights are already on, once there's already trouble, once you already uh, you know, need to go to rehab or your family needs to tell you, we think you've got a problem, you need to seek help. What God is actually teaching us in his Bible is catch the little foxes before they ruin your vineyards, And this is exactly what this couple did. They played it forward. James 1 verse 21 says, So get rid of every filthy habit and all wicked conduct. Submit to God and accept the word that he plants in your heart, which is able to save you. You see, for some of us, it's not only about catching the little foxes. But for some of us, we're already stuck in a bad habit, a, a filthy habit that you know is wrong, something you want to shake. But what you need to understand, the reason why we need to shake it, it's not because God is this God of rules. The Bible is not a book of do's and don'ts. You know, God takes no pleasure in telling you what you should do and should not do. The reason why God guides us and says, get rid of these habits that, that are taking away from you, uh, taking you away from me, is because of what John 10 verse 10 says. John 10 verse 10 says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. The enemy wants to destroy you. He will use bad habits. Those little foxes in your vineyard. He will use those things to kill and destroy you. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Another translation says that they may have it in abundance. That's God's plan for you. He wants you to have life and have it in abundance. He does not want us to be slaves to to addictions or bad habits. He wants fullness of life for us. The second thing that a bad habit is, firstly, it's something that can ruin you. You know, just do that exercise. Look at your habits in your life. Play it forward and, and catch the little foxes before they become a problem. So firstly, they can destroy you. But secondly, a bad habit is also something that distracts us. You see, God has got a calling and a purpose for your life. And so sometimes a bad habit is something that can distract you from the the calling and the purpose that God has for you in your life. You know, a bad habit could be just too much screen time, too much time on social media where you are comparing yourself with other people. You know how that can distract you from your calling? You know, in order for you to walk into your calling, you need to be confident in the person that God has made you. You need to 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 actually believe that God has got a plan with you and that he loves you the way that you are. You need to understand God's acceptance over your life. Otherwise, there's no way that you'll be able to confidently walk into your calling and your purpose in life. But if you're constantly looking at how other people are doing things, and how everything they're doing is actually also just fake, and you're comparing yourself to something that isn't really real, you're not gonna be able to walk into your calling. It's, it's gonna distract you. A distraction that I've experienced, and it's actually quite a funny story, and it sounds like a silly story, but, but for me, this was real. So, many years ago, I had a little addiction called a stick cricket addiction. It's this app or this little game that you download on your phone and you basically try and hit balls for sixes. Uh, I like cricket, I like sports and it's you know it's a real simple game but because I'm extremely competitive, even in the simple game, I just want to win. And so I get addicted to this because I want to get better and I don't know why uh, but I just want to get better and I want to win. I want to I win the, the stick cricket World Cup even though I'm not playing against anyone. I'm just playing against the computer. And uh, what actually... Happened is if I can tell you the full truth. This was my toilet game, uh, so you know many guys would relate to this. We all have got a toilet game, right? The game that you play when you go to the toilet. But I fell in love with stick cricket, so I went to the toilet like four times a day. Even when didn't need to go, or when it was number one, I went to the toilet and I spent some time there because I was playing the cricket World Cup, stick cricket. My wife actually got concerned at one stage. She's like, honey. Are you okay? Is there something wrong with your stomach? Obviously, I wasn't going to tell her the truth. I was just saying, yeah, you know, I don't know what I ate you know, again um, a couple of weeks in a row. You know, I wasn't going to tell her, no, I just want to go and win the World Cup. That's why I'm there on the toilet. And I I knew that this had become a problem the day when I wanted to stand up, but I couldn't because my legs were dead. You see, this happens. I I think some of the guys, you can relate to this. Uh, Have you ever been so addicted to your toilet game that you... You know, the, the blood flow, the veins, it's, it's cut off and you, you lose the feeling in your legs. Um, that's when I realized it's a problem. And, and I realized I needed to get up, but then I couldn't because I had no legs. Um, and then what I decided to do is not only try and stop playing this game. It was as simple as deleting stick cricket. Let me ask you this question. What is that thing? Now, you might say, well, stick cricket. That's not a a big distraction or social media. It's not a big thing. But here's the thing. I know that I have been called by God. I've been called by God to bring His good news to this world. He's called me to bring change in this world, to to make a contribution to society, to show the world the love that He showed me, to, to give a living hope to this world. I mean, just to put it quite simp- uh, simple, is that I don't have time for stick cricket. If I consider the calling that God has on my life, if I consider what God has called me for and what He has, has, uh, uh, has, has saved me out of and saved me into this family of God, that I'm a child of the King Most High, then I don't have time for hours of stick cricket. It's as simple as that. And this could be for you. Maybe it's a... It's a game that you play, you know, a computer game or just another hobby like, I don't know, golf or whatever it might be for you if it's just scrolling on social media. You need to understand, maybe you need to look at those things and ask yourself, considering what the Bible teaches about what God has called you for, do you have time for those things? Are some of those things not perhaps distractions for what God wants to do in your life and what God wants to do through you? Now let's get real practical for a moment. So a bad habit is something that can destroy you. It's something that distracts us from the calling and the purpose that God has for us. He's called us for something bigger than, well, just stick cricket. But so here's the question. How do we break a bad habit? How did I break my intense habit of playing stick cricket? Right. That's probably what you want to know. Um, And it's really quite simple. is that we need to make it difficult for us to do. Last week we spoke about this idea, in in order to establish a good habit, you need to make it easy for yourself to do it. You need to to make it obvious for yourself to do it. If you want to break a bad habit, you need to make it difficult for yourself to do it. Now, I didn't stop going to the toilet, but what I did do is I deleted the game from my phone. If there's no more stick cricket on my phone, I can't play the game. No more temptation. And so it's as simple as that. Why, why, Why resist a temptation tomorrow? if you can eliminate it today? Why why try and fight a temptation tomorrow if you can just eliminate it today? You know, experts on habits, they they explain the following, uh, that there's something called a habit loop. And how this habit loop works is that there's always a trigger. Now, this trigger is something that, that, that sparks something in you, and this trigger leads to an action And then once you do the action, there's always a reward, which is a dopamine hit. Or if you use a substance, it might be a high that you experience. But there's a trigger and then there's an action followed by a reward. What we need to do, if you want to break a bad habit, is you need to avoid the trigger. You need to eliminate the trigger so that you can interrupt the action. It sounds like rocket science, but it's not. It's real simple. Eliminate the trigger so that you interrupt the action. Now, triggers come in many forms. They, they, sometimes a place can be a trigger. When I was a young man, just after I got saved, I understood that going to the club was the wrong place for me. That was a trigger. If I go to the club, chances are, high, uh, uh, chances are very high that I will get drunk accidentally but maybe not so accidental, because I'm in the wrong place. That is a a trigger for me, and so I knew I needed to stay away from that. If I spend my time at community group or with church friends, uh, people that also love Jesus, chances of me getting drunk accidentally were almost zero. So it's about avoiding that trigger, the the place. It could come in in the form of, of time. There are certain times where many of us are weaker, There's a beautiful story in the Bible, uh, David and Bathsheba. Now, David was a man of God. He was the right kind of king. And uh, the Bible actually explains that in springtime, when kings go off to war, David wasn't where he was supposed to be. David didn't go off to war in springtime this one season. He stayed at home and he ended up checking out his neighbor as she was taking a bath. And then he invited Bathsheba over and they committed adultery. And then everything went from bad to worse because she got pregnant and he tried to cover it up and he ended up killing Bathsheba's husband, all because he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. You see, wrong place, wrong time can lead the right man of God to sin. It's the same thing with us. I've got another friend um, that, that, that understood this. He was struggling with a pornography addiction. Right, so, so he would watch pornography and uh, he understood this was a problem. He wanted to break from it so bad. He, he prayed so many times, but nothing worked. Until one day he realized is that every time he watches pornography, it happens on his computer. His computer is the consistent factor with him watching pornography. And so he reckoned if he gets rid of his computer, things will be easier. Now, this wasn't a a well-off man. He was a student still studying. He needed his computer. But this would have to mean that he would have to walk to campus and to go sit at the university campus in a computer lab uh, with many other people so that he would not be in a place of temptation. He took his computer. This literally happened. True story. He took his computer. He threw it on the ground. He He took his cricket bat and he smashed his computer to bits eliminating the temptation so that he doesn't have to fight it or resist it tomorrow. You see, now in the computer lab, it's a lot safer environment for him. What are those things that you need to eliminate in your life? Maybe it's certain things you need to delete. I think today, uh, many of us struggle to, to get away from technology If you struggle with something like that, looking at things you're not supposed to be looking at, today there is some wonderful software that you can download, accountable to you, for instance. There are many different apps that you can download that other friends can see exactly what you are looking at on your phone. So get some people around you so that you can eliminate the triggers to interrupt the action. Other triggers can be a mood, maybe when you're weak when you are hungry, or maybe you are at your weakest when you are lonely, then make sure that you spend time with other people that you don't get lonely. Maybe it could be certain moments, It's, it's after a fight with your spouse or after a long day's work, then you know that you are at your weakest, to take note of those things. Another trigger, the last one, is people. Uh, sometimes if you, you realize that, that certain bad habits only come into play once you're around the wrong kind of people. Now studies have shown this over and over that the effect that the people, the, the company that you keep, how that affects your own habits. If the people around you have got good habits or healthy a healthy lifestyle, the chances are very great that you will also lead a healthy lifestyle. And the opposite is also true. The Bible teaches us Proverbs 13 verse 20. Walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. And then Paul tells us in the New Testament that do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. It's as simple as that. Make sure that you surround yourself with the right kind of people because the wrong people in your life can be a trigger for bad habits in your life. I want to end off... uh, this series with a passage from Romans chapter 8 you see it's so important for me that that you don't you know listen to this and feel bad about some of the habits that you are might be struggling with you see uh, when in church when we preach the bible it's not a list of do's and don'ts we, we we're not busy with behavior modification we're not trying you trying to help you just to be the best you can be you know for 2021 or anything like that no we're speaking about life transformation If you want to see practical change in your life, you need to move from a place of identity. That's what we spoke about in the first week. And I want to end with that again. I want to read a passage in Romans 8. Maybe there is something that you are struggling with, a bad habit. And I want to say this, if if it's already come to the place where it's starting to harm you or those around you, make sure you find help. Maybe you need to go to rehab or maybe you need to make an appointment with your pastor or just go see someone, even a professional person, Maybe you need to start speaking to someone. Go and seek help. Seek help that is out there. But I want to encourage you with this passage of Scripture. Romans 8 verse 31 to 35 says the following. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things and maybe you are struggling with a bad habit that you've been you haven't been able to shake it in a very long time and you are discouraged about that i want to encourage you with this god has already gone so far to make you part of his family he's already given his own son he's already done everything why will he not help you with something as small as this if he's already proven how much he loves you he's gone already so far given you his son Why won't he help you with something as small as this? It's like a marathon runner. Marathon is 42 kilometers. Why would a marathon runner run 41 and a half kilometers and not finish the race? Same thing with God's commitment toward you. He wants you to have life and life in abundance. He's already gone so far. Why won't he help us in something as small as this? Verse 33. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? Maybe you sometimes feel... That when you've done something that you know you should not be doing, or you feel, you know, that that feeling of condemnation, you're struggling to shake this bad habit. We all have that, and the devil has a field day with our conscience. makes us feel guilty. Listen to this. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. It is God who justifies. It is God who justifies you. It is not your good habits that justify you. It is not your bad habits that disqualify you. It is only God that can justify you. Not the things you do or the things you don't do. It will never be about your habits. You need to understand that you are already justified because of the work of Jesus for you. And out of that place, we are merely aligning our lives to this new identity. Verse 34, Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died more, more than that, who has raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who, sh- who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Then you ask this question. I want to ask this question to you. Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword or even bad habits, shall bad habits separate you from the love of God? No. Nothing will separate us from the love of God. God loves you the way that you are. Verse 37, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Who loved us first. Because God has already decided to love you, you can be a conqueror. Make sure that you work from your identity and you align your life to that. See, God loves you the way that you are, but He loves you too much to allow you to stay the way that you are. He wants a life of abundance for you. Lord Jesus, I pray for every person watching this, God, as we wrap up this series, God, would would you just remind them of your love for them, God? God, that, would you remind them that, God, that, that, that there's no new habit that they will form or bad habit that they will shake that will ultimately give them peace in their lives, God? It's only you that can do that. God, but I want to ask that you'd give them courage, God, give us courage to align our lives to you, God. And we start doing the things uh, so that we can walk into the calling that you have for us, God. Help us to see the little foxes that will ruin our vineyards, God, so that we will not be distracted from the purpose and the calling that you have over our lives. Amen. Bless you. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Make sure that you get connected to this family on mission by joining us at one of our Sunday services.